Shall we begin? This episode of No Accounting for Taste is sponsored by Intuit QuickBooks. It's great to have such a well-established and thought-leading sponsor on board for the podcast. Just as we deliver everything you need from accounting news, QuickBooks has everything you need for your accounting software, including making tax digital. For more information, go to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash delightful. Enjoy the show. Let's begin It's now Accounting for Taste, the podcast for accountants from accountingweb.co.uk. I'm Tom Herbert, and this week we're going to be taking on the big issues. Will spreadsheet fill Excel in next week's budget? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've started early. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and that's where the podcast finishes today. <laughs> um, Brexit and, uh, yeah, a bit, bit more uh, House of Lords action, making tax digital. All your bases are covered. So without further ado, um, I'd like to thank you for listening and for QuickBooks for sponsoring this podcast. Um, let's introduce the panel. We have uh, the three amigos together again. Uh, Richard? The Steve oh. Martin of the three amigos, I like to think. <laughs> Steve Martin. Which one's the uh, Steve Gutenberg? That's what I want to know. I think, I, I think, I think you, have, you have some Gutenberg tendencies, Tom, though. Oh no, Gutenberg yeah. tendencies. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, Richard Hattersley is our practice correspondent. Hi, Richard. Hi, everyone. And the man in black today, Francois Badenhorst, our business editor. Hi, yeah. Fran. Hey, Tom. I'm, I'm just looking out the window here at our stunning Bristol Vista. Very, very nice view of the of the Bristol skyline, in as much as we have a skyline. Indeed. Yeah. The uh, the Colston Tower over there. The um, uh, aptly named. I don't know. Are they going to read? There's been some talk of renaming um, the Colston Hall, hasn't there? Yeah. Uh, I see. yeah that 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 naming debate is like it's like people that are against it have like have like kind of lapsed into like defending uh, like um, Colston as if he was like some kind of hero. So it's like weird. You can't hold one position Indeed. to the other. Indeed. Yeah. William Colston um, obviously uh, pumped quite a bit of money into into Bristol mm. uh, that he got from slavery and tobacco. Slavery and tobacco. Yeah. 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 Two, two, two great industries. Anyway, onto the, onto the, uh, onto more prosaic matters. This is podcast number twenty-five. Uh, twenty-five being a, a square number, so uh, you know, five by five. Um, the eighty-ninth and ninetieth numbers of pi are twenty-five. I'm not quite sure how that works, but there you go. Um, the number of years um, marked in a silver wedding anniversary in Portugal. It's the maximum life sentence: twenty-five years. And uh, Richard, I know you're a big Adele fan, so oh, yeah. uh, obviously her 2015 album, uh, named for her age in that year. How could we forget it? Absolutely. Great um, album. Mm. The, Great album. The size of a full roster on a Major League Baseball team is 25, and uh, 25 is the number typically reserved for the best slugger on that roster. It, um, is, uh, mm. it is the World Series at the moment, so... Yeah. I'd give you the number 25, Fran. I am a slugger. A slugger sure. of accounting <laughs> I um, completely see you as like a catcher, like a like catcher just like constantly like just grinning in the background. We're we're recording on twenty fourth of October, so nineteen twenty nine, uh twenty fourth of October was Black Thursday, uh that was the start of the stock market crash and <laughs> 2008 was Bloody Friday, uh, which saw uh, a lot of the world's stock exchanges crash again. So uh watch out everyone. Um <laughs> Yeah, so the UN was born in 1945 on this date, and uh, in 2003 was Concorde's last commercial flight. So, uh, well, um, let's let's take off um, the podcast today. And uh, quite a lot of failures on the day, then. Eh? 
Yeah, indeed. Concord, Wall Street crashes. Hopefully the podcast will fare better. <laughs> let's certainly hope so, yeah. Um, let's look at the headlines of the three most read stories on the site over the last seven days. Uh, number three was one of yours, Fran. Uh, free agents uh, rolling out free licenses to RBS NatWest customers. Uh, what's the deal? Yeah, no, it's... Um Quite a quite an interesting little piece, it, but it, it it sort of just completes really completes the not the not the merger I would say, but I, I suppose the partnership and obviously RBS NatWest has acquired free agent and they've been offering free agent for free to their banking customers via their banking channel and now it's just uh, free agents doing it uh, on their side. Uh, so as an accountant, you're basically able to add. Uh, existing business banking customers for RBS NatWest onto your free agent like dashboard and offer mm. offer a free agent license for free. Mm. Mm. I attended a event in Harrow a few months back organized by RBS where there was a collection of accountants along there and the idea of free free agent software was something which was particularly interesting that what they were particularly interested in especially when uh, MTD was said in the same conversation that yeah. got many of them very excited and yeah. engaged a lot of them. It's a it it's a real it's, it's a very convenient fix for MTD. So basically, mm. if someone comes along and says like, "Oh, uh, I need I need software," you can basically use an accountant go like, "Are you with RBS?" Yeah. I remember speaking with one accountant who pretty much had not really done anything in terms of um, getting any of their clients onto cloud software. And this was just sort of that solution of, right, done, sorted, easy, easy, done. Mm. So. Um, on the article itself, a uh, friend of the pod, uh, Charlie Khan, who I think came on during our, our little sojourn to QuickBooks mm. Connect um, earlier this year. Hi, Charlie, if you're listening. Um, he popped onto the article to uh, sort of make the, make the point that being free shouldn't be the, the major selling point for accountants in practice. Um, obviously, if you if you can't afford £5 a month or, or 10 for corporate clients, you should be raising your fees. But what free agents should do is to use its relationship with RBS to become the first major accounting software in the UK to use open banking to quote Charlie um, to allow uh, to use open banking to allow employee and supplier payments together with payee sort codes and account numbers to be set up within the bookkeeping package and passed seamlessly to the bank where an authorised signatory need merely approve them thus saving huge amounts of time um, he Charlie felt that this would be uh, game changing for the accountancy the accounting software industry um, uh, I think Kevin McCallum who he spoke to uh, at free agent popped on um, afterwards to sort of um, let him know they were they were sort of looking at that so they would see looking at the comments don't look at the comments Kevin <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's where madness lies yeah yeah <laughs> um, the second most read story on the site uh, MTD for VAT shifts to public pilot so uh, this was the big news um, last week that the uh, the government's flagship digital tax program has moved uh, they've opened it up to around half a million businesses. They also announced uh, a six-month deferral for a small number, I think about 3.5% of organisations with the most complex requirements. Um, so they've got an extra six months uh, to test them. Uh, it was raised in the Lords Committee this week, examining MTD as an example of them bending over for big businesses as it were but uh, I think it's slightly more nuanced than that um, those complex businesses are sort of overseas or uh, not-for-profits charities NHS trusts so um, not I think it was more a, a systematic thing rather than um, uh, specifically 
big business thing. Um, and the most read story on the site, the number one this week is the director's tax return not required. So this was Andy Keats firing up the accounting web faithful with a familiar refrain, um, HMISC and Gov.UK are wrong in respect of director's obligations to register self-assessment and submit nil tax returns. Uh, so Andy was just following up on um, a first-tier tribunal case involving chef Alexander Steele. Um, you can view that story and everything else we're talking about in the show notes and on accountingweb.co.uk. Um, so, right, on to the discussion section now. Um, Fran, uh, can you kick us off? You've been looking at Brexit this week. <laughs> just just staring at the, the bench. <laughs> I like <laughs> many people just yeah. staring at it. We're, talk, we're, we're talking about like the comments on accountingweb kind of inducing madness, I suppose, like, like covering Brexit is like the lament configuration of Hellraiser or something. Um, yeah, no. So it's it's just it's just about um, what's what's sort of going to be uh, be the reality once um, it will if things don't work out in terms of a good deal. They are obviously wrangling and contorting to get, get like manage a manage a deal between now and then. But the there is obviously the chance that there will be the the, the very scary sounding no deal Brexit. Um, so what we do have, um, and this has been done, this has been explained very very nicely in um, one of these Brexit fact sheets that um, the ICAW and the CIOT and ICAS, uh, the the Scottish uh, Accountants Association, have put together in terms of just explaining what that 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 taxation cross border trade act in 2018, which which got um, royal assent in uh, on 13th of, of September. Um, in terms of what that actually is and 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 how it it's it's been kind of uh, made with flexibility in mind in terms of obviously um if if a deal is struck they can they can sort of like um they can they can change it um using secondary legislation um and 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 also it, it also contains those like henry the eighth clauses and stuff and all this other uh, mm-hmm. parliamentary stuff um but that act really is the baseline uh, so, in, if you're a business trying to figure out what would happen um, in case of a no deal Brexit, that like that is pretty much it. We'll 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 basically default to to that. Obviously, there are things that are so unclear, but but I mean like they that 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 gives like a bit of like a sketch outline of of, of what's happening. Um, the other the other aspect is um, the National Audit Office um, has taken a look at preparations and uh, for. Um, for Brexit, uh, for how we will be managing uh, cross-border trade, and it's not looking necessarily fantastic. Um, it's 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 very sort of somber in terms, of, not somber. Um, it's it's quite a lucid look at um, what what how much work needs to be done. Um, so I know they're re- recruiting um, yeah four thousand extra staff in preparation border force yeah. staff as well yeah and the thing is but like it's unfortunately the, the the time limit is so low that in terms of hiring those people you also obviously have to train them um so basically the uk is facing a bit of an uphill battle to get like a functioning border in place before march next year now interestingly in this uh national audit office report they actually talk about uh what the uh, what the government uh, what the government is um, is 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 prioritizing um, 
in terms of uh, in terms of the border. So like they'll be prioritizing safety and security, the flow of people and goods, which harkens back to that point that um, Lord Wolfson made, uh, the chairman of Next, about uh, basically trying to avoid any kind of like. Uh, port or, or border apocalypse in terms of like goods coming in and then uh, lastly they'll um, they'll they'll uh, look at compliance activity including the collection of revenue so um, yeah it's interesting to hear that to hear the government basically say that to to say it in as many words mm-hmm. yeah uh, it's it's um, quite an interesting one that, that, that there is the possibility that uh, you know there may be uh, not goods uh, um, revenues collected on on sort of goods. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. especially when you when 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 you talk a lot about like uh, the tax base and and uh, mm. and, and, t- and it ties in, I guess, a little bit with a lot of the work that you're doing about contractors and stuff and the sort of anxiety the government has about oh how it's eroding the tax base, mm. but then simultaneously kind of going like oh yeah now we we're basically de-emphasizing compliance activity at the border mm. and uh, including the collection of revenue. Yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the tax gap just now. Um, some that that was very much under the microscope at the House of Lords this week, where the Economic Subcommittee had held. They've held various meetings about HMRC powers, and uh, the meeting on Monday was about uh, making tax digital. Um, so they they'd uh, pulled the uh, making tax digital for. Uh, business director Theresa Middleton and uh, snappy title yeah mm. indeed um, and a couple of other um, HMRC bigwigs in front of them to question them on their progress uh, they're quite entertaining affairs these uh, I yeah. heard it was a bit of a uh, a bone burner wasn't it Tom um, it, yes and no um, I, I think they they have the lords and uh, baronesses and viscounts have. I think they they have these competitions to see who can say the most incendiary thing. I think you know, um, you know, one of them referred it to a car crash. Um, yeah. You know, another guy slips in a, a famous baseball line about it being deja vu all over again. Um, you know, given that they 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 I think you covered it last year, Richard. In it was uh, back in March before. Um, the, the income tax and uh, various other things were delayed and mm-hmm. uh, not a great deal of progress had been made and yeah. uh, <laughs> did, the public uh, weren't aware of it and uh, yeah uh, hence did, the deja vu did, uh, did any of the uh, uh, any of the lords or ladies um, argue for the reinstitution of feudalism and tithing because that would solve it very easily obviously every lord just has a matter and then we just tithe to him mm. like that would be much easier much did, simpler di- digitally tied yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. making making feudalism digital <laughs> um, but with uh, with this, I mean, it's I don't know. It's 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 easy to dismiss it, perhaps. And there there were a few um, a few instances of of evidence being sort of read incorrectly. Um, but they do have an impact. They do get heard. I mean, it, mm. it, it was certainly a contributing factor to the delay last year. Mm. Um, not not probably not the. Um, not the biggest one, but uh, it certainly was uh, was a factor involved, and ministers do listen to uh, these types of things. So um, I, I think they they bluntly, I think Lord Forsyth, who's the chair, bluntly put the question to Theresa Middleton whether there would be another delay, and uh, they said there would be no no plans. And with with the pilot rolling out, as I said earlier in the headlines, it's it's hard to see. Mm-hmm. I think. 
I think the power of the Lords really is that it it does sort of create that media conversation, doesn't it? I mean, like we, the fact, the very fact that we are discussing it now is is evidence of they they still do have that sort of pulling mm. power in mm. terms of drawing the media's attention. And a lot of these people are, whether they admit it or not, they are media creatures mm. in terms of what gets said in the press still really affects them. Yeah. The power of the press, obviously, I think we've seen in the last few years has less mass appeal, but for these sort of like cloistered Westminster types. Uh, it's still a, still a very sort of powerful, mm. uh, powerful weapon. Indeed. Yeah. Um, staying with Westminster, uh, Richard, you've been doing a bit of budget tickling. Yeah. Well, we've got the uh, the budget coming up on Monday. I'm sure you, you, everyone's aware of that. And I'm sure the the the, the question everyone's asking about this year's budget is whether it's going to be an interesting budget because we we've, we've seen the last few years been saved up. Um, budgets where about 30 minutes into it you're looking at each other and wondering when we're actually going to get to the meat of the conversation and I'm, I'm sure offices are very much similar to ours where about 30 minutes into it the conversation turns to I wonder whether the Philip Hammond's haircut is a side python or middle python <laughs> and you sort of deviate really from actually what he is discussing because they're, they're, for, for the most part there hasn't been much substance until maybe a few days afterwards when there's um, various U-turns and yeah. um, and sort of fiascos, uh, fire fiascos. Sort of, uh, uh, who can forget the old class for national <laughs> insurance U-turn? Who would have thought it would have caused such an uproar? But with what Fran was talking about earlier with, the, with, um, with Brexit and of course with um, making tax digital being um, ever looming closer you'd have to assume that there would be something newsworthy mm. for Hammond to talk about he almost quite avoided it it, it, it would it would be it would be a uh, a very impressive application of like stiff upper lip if he manages to avoid any controversial topics yeah and but sort of this was posed on uh, any answers earlier this week and um, some people like uh, accountable regular Glenn Martin sort of suspects that this might be another non-event. Um, perhaps Hammond might be keeping his powder dry, Martin says, in case there's need of a panic budget following uh, a no deal. Um, and of course, um, Theresa May, currently Prime Minister and at the moment of recording, unless there's been some sort of... Um, parliamentary yeah, uprising or, before yeah, once or, this gets posted or by the language of that some of these anonymous conservative MPs have been using hopefully she's not been murdered <laughs> well yeah heavens forbid yeah. that happen but um, if with all that happening in the background um, there might be a case of trying to avoid rocking the boat at this year's budget and so it might again be Hammond making sort of dad jokes and um, yeah. talking about Jeremy Clarkson and I hope he cuts it out it's annoying Indeed, yeah. Um, obviously, all your uh, your budget coverage on accountingweb.co.uk. We'll have a few predictions uh, later on later on this week and uh, possibly the Monday. I think Philip Hammond's standing up about three thirty p.m. Uh, on uh, on Monday afternoon. So, if, if we were going to do a budget bingo, what would be a safe bet for for Hammond to say this year? Do, do you think sort of contractors would be uh, yeah I think in his sights definitely IR35 uh, it, changes there, there, there must be a, I think if there isn't a mention that would be even more worrying yeah because uh, it has to be addressed um, in terms of catchphrases uh, have they parked strong and stable now 
think that was a very much a legacy phrase from the Cameron era. So uh-huh. I think I think mending the roof while the sun's shining was one of um, oh, George yeah. Osborne's favourites. as what's well. What's the What's the current one? What's the current maxim or motto I, that they? I think the dad jokes are just just mm. what, he, what what he seems to be going in for these days. So yeah, that's yeah. um, it's all very unfortunate. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Be, yeah, because uh, because Osborne was also he he in particular was very much prone to that sort of like having like that rhetorical fulcrum that his like speech like span around like yeah fixing the roof while the sun shining. In many respects, it's, was it sort of Osborne's sort of legacy in a way of being sort of this this guy to turn up at the budget and pull like a rabbit out of the hat and cause this make it more of this. Uh, more of an entertainment event, as it as it were. And, uh, to be fair, I, th- I think that that legacy stems from when, like, when Chancellors used to drink while they were doing it, like back in the forties and fifties. Speaking of the budget, I was uh, cooking supper last night when my my wife came into the kitchen to discuss uh, UK Chancellors past and present, but uh, she got a bit distracted. Um, what are we having? She said, uh, "Ham and eggs." I replied, "Ham, <laughs> ham and." Yeah. <laughs> No. Darling, she said. Um, is there any brown sauce? Uh, no, I replied. Uh, she went into a major meltdown. Um, we must, we must have brown sauce with ham and eggs. It's the law, son. Awesome, Nigel. Oh awesome. my God, I'll be Gladstone when this is all over. <laughs> <laughs> she was really furious. I could tell you. Uh, it reminded me of uh, Los Angeles gang warfare, the Bloods against the Crips, Stafford Crips. No. Okay, um, or even the Palestinians against the Disraelis. Um, I'm glad I eventually calmed her down. How I did it, I'll never know. Um, I thought I was going to have to peel myself off the wall. At one point, I thought she was going to make the uh, the children fight against each other. You know, um, pit the younger one <laughs> against the older one. Uh, instead, uh, we went off to buy some shoes. Should we go to Asda, she said? No, Clark's, I replied. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about this, everyone. It's a lamentable performance. Uh, today, I hope my boss doesn't hear, or I'll be heading for Sackville. Sack- Richard Sackville, the first listed chancellor, fifteen fifty nine to fifteen sixty six. Who would be? Who would think there'd be so many chances that you've forgotten? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I managed to get fourteen in there, so I'm, I'm quite pleased with that. I'm, uh, yeah, you should have gotten them all in. Make the podcast last like three hours. <laughs> three hour, <laughs> hour chancellor based bum run. Yeah, he's still going. <laughs> My goodness. There we go. Well, um, on that shameful note, um, I think that's about all we have time for for this week. But uh, thank you very much, uh, as ever, Fran and Richard. Uh, thank you to QuickBooks for sponsoring the podcast and producer Balmay. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, for all your accounting-based news, we're accountingweb.co.uk. Bye for now. Thank you to Intuit QuickBooks for sponsoring this podcast. For more information, go to quickbooks.co.uk forward slash delightful.